Leprosy is a terrible disease that results in disfiguration of the face, the hands, and the feet. Um, People who are infected and not treated can become very unsightly. You know, you're going to get blotches on their skin, their fingers and toes may be even missing, Um, the person may be blind. It's a terrible disease that, thankfully, we don't encounter very often anymore. But that doesn't mean we can't learn something from this disease, because, well, St. John Paul II once described sin as the leprosy of the soul. And I think that's a fitting metaphor for us. Sin as leprosy of the soul. It's a fitting metaphor in three ways. First, leprosy caused a person who was infected to be cast out of the community. In our first reading, we heard of the regulations of the Jewish people about this. The infected had to wear torn clothes and cry out, unclean, unclean, whenever he encountered other people. To be infected was to be ostracized, to be kicked out of society, to be shunned by everyone. Though that's very cruel, it it did make some sense because leprosy is transmitted much as the common cold, though it's not as contagious. And at a time when there was no treatment, well, it made sense to, in effect, quarantine those who were sick. Sin, likewise, separates us from our community. Hatred, anger, jealousy, pride, they all cause divisions among us. What's more, if someone has committed a mortal sin, they've removed themselves from friendship with God. Thus, they're unable to come forward to receive Holy Communion because, well, communion, receiving communion, is the expression of unity with Jesus and with his church. So to receive communion while bearing the guilt of mortal sin is to lie by our actions. Thus, sin separates us from God and from one another, from communion, much as leprosy separated the infected from society. This separation of sin, well, this is something we should desire and work to heal, or rather to let Jesus heal. A second way that leprosy is like sin is that it causes numbness. Leprosy attacks a person's nerve cells, and as a result, they might lose feeling in various parts of their bodies. So a small injury that would have caused some pain and demanded attention, like touching a hot stove or cutting your finger with a knife, it might go unnoticed, might go untreated, might get infected, and progress to the point where flesh literally seems to rot away. And so it is with sin. If we're living in sin for a while, it numbs our sensitivity to evil. It dulls our conscience. And our souls decay. You know, if we tell a small lie, lie, that's like that first little bit of infection. You may feel a little pinprick of guilt. But after telling a dozen small lies, well, a bigger one doesn't seem so bad. Before long, telling a lie doesn't seem to bother us at all. We've become numb to the pain of sin. 
And the same goes with all typical sins. Certainly with lust. I mean, look at pornography once, you feel a little guilty. You look at it a hundred times, well, you still might feel a little bit guilty, but you've become comfortable with it. You know, or gluttony, or greed, or sloth, wrath, or envy, or pride. All of these things. If we live with them for a while, we become comfortable with them. Our sense of sin is deadened. But that doesn't mean that we're healthy. On the contrary, it means our souls are very sick. And we're separating ourselves from heaven, from God, and from his church. The third way that leprosy reminds us of sin is that, well, it has quite a stigma that keeps people from seeking treatment. Apparently, leprosy is still somewhat common in the poorer part of the world, despite the fact that the disease is easily treated with antibiotics, despite the fact that the drugs are often provided free of charge by various organizations and drug makers. So leprosy is easy to treat, the treatment is free, but there's such a stigma attached to the disease that those who suspect they might be infected they often don't come forward. This is a great analogy for sin. People often live in sin, walking around infected, separated from the community, from God by their bad choices. Maybe they did something years ago. Maybe they're ashamed of it. They still struggle with the guilt. Or maybe it's something small or, or something huge. Whatever it is, it's weighing them down, but they don't seek treatment even though it's readily available and it's free. Why do they do that? Well, maybe because it takes a little courage. Consider the man with leprosy in our gospel. He shouldn't have been anywhere near Jesus or the other people in the city, but there he was. He came right up to Jesus. He knelt down before him and said those powerful words, If you wish, you can make me clean. Not... If possible, Jesus, maybe, could you, if you have some time, could you help me out? But if you wish, Jesus, you can. He had confidence in Jesus' power to heal. Then Jesus, defying all the social stigma and regulations about purity, he reached out and he touched the man, and with just a word, healed him. Jesus didn't care how ugly the man was. He didn't care what other people thought. Likewise, the man knew Jesus could give him what he needed, and he did what he had to do in order to receive it. So too with us. When we are aware of our sins, we need to have the courage to approach Jesus so that he can forgive us. He has great pity for us, a strong desire to forgive. I mean, look at the cross. That is how badly he wants us to receive his forgiveness and mercy. He's just waiting for us to approach him. And all we need to do is take that step. We need to be willing to forget about what other people might think if we, for example, walk into the confessional. We need to stop worrying about what Father might think or say there in the confessional. Because Jesus is there, working through the priest in the confessional to forgive and to heal our souls. And that's more important than any of those other considerations. Sin may be 
the leprosy of the soul separating us from God and the church. You know, we may be comfortably numb to sin, living surrounded by it. Or we may simply be afraid of the stigma of approaching God's healing power in confession. What will other people think? Well, who cares? God is calling us to healing, to forgiveness. As the psalm today said, I confess my faults to the Lord, and you took away the guilt of my sin. And as we said in the response to the psalm, I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation.